Welcome everyone to this new episode of Sales Spin, where we bring the top people in sales in the world and break down the learnings for anyone to understand. Whether you're trying to get into sales or trying to improve your game, there's something for everyone. A lot of SDRs I talk to often contemplate the career path and end up choosing account executive because uh, leaders like me have not done a great job in carving other paths for them. Today we have Rajesh, who is one of the very few people who have done an incredible job in the revenue operation in, uh, for the last 10 years, especially in India. If you're hearing about this word for the first time, do not worry as we break down what this is and how you can think of career in this department. Welcome Rajesh to the show. Sales engagement automation systems are critical for any sales organization to achieve that excellence. But at the same time, it is a complex, tedious and expensive process for any sales organization to implement it. Sometimes it can end in a failure too and you have to start all over again. To fix this problem, Playbook.ai, our current sponsor, has introduced a program for SaaS and enterprise technology startups called the Sales Excellence Program. It is the most effective, fastest and risk-free way to deploy a sales engagement automation system in your organization to drive that growth and drive revenue excellence. None of the top sales uh, engagement platforms give you a free trial, at least most of them. But in the Sales Excellence Program, Playbook.ai customer success team not only gives you the free and unlimited access to all the features for six weeks, they also do the heavy lifting of implementing a sales engagement system and provide you with advice on what, what best practices you should follow when creating your sales playbook. To join the sales excellence program, all you have to do is visit playbook.ai backslash SEP, sales engagement platform, SEP, and type R followed by my last name, W-A-D-H-W-A, when the request invitation form asks you for the name of the accelerator. Rajesh, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really happy to have you here for multiple reasons. We're going to dive into a few of them today. But thank you again for speaking to me and coming on the show. It's a pleasure being here, right? I've been uh, watching some of your shows. I've seen some of the people I admire in the industry on the shows. Yeah, it's a pleasure being here. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. So uh, Rajesh, I did my own research for you. <laughs> You've been in sales ops for five years. You speak Mandarin. I know first level, but that's still tough. Toastmaster Club, uh, you are definitely a man of hidden talent, are you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically my sales ops, my entire career has been in sales ops. I started right. my career with, uh, with the MNC, right? Specifically in the MNE vertical sales right. ops there, right? But five years, specifically five, six years in startups only, right? Wow, yeah. My entire, I've been close to a decade in sales ops. And wow. uh, as to Toastmasters, yes, uh, uh, I'm a uh, Toastmasters, uh, certified communicator, right? Gold certified, which is the highest level of And I could see that you you are Toastmaster on Sarjapur Road, which is technically where I live. <laughs> I, I used to be part of a community there, right? Okay. Toastmasters, of course, has two two levels, one corporates mm -hmm. and the other community. The reason I picked a community is because I really wanted to run into different points of views, right? right? When you speak on any, any subject, there you ran into uh, people uh, who practically were full-time housewives. And they had a very different perspective on social subjects, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Specifically around privilege, right? We take it for granted and then you get to see uh, the different points of views. I ran to people. Uh, in fact, we had a police officer come on one of wow. our sessions, right? Uh, we had uh, doctors come, lawyers come. And on the same subject, very different kinds of views. And it was phenomenal in a way. Community. I can imagine. Yeah. And it was housed in a library. And only I think the only Toastmasters in entire Bangalore which was housed inside a library. So it made only it, it even better. And it was only one of the two clubs back then, 
when i was part of which also hosted a children's toastmasters wow and they were way ahead of us i can tell you that <laughs> the level of confidence the kids had i can i can imagine so i'll tell you what i think there was a time when i came to bangalore that's when i i'll be very honest okay i heard about the toastmaster thing for the first time I think I signed up for a couple of them, but I never went to any of them. Like I don't know, like, I'm like, hey, my guy. So it's it's a new thing, you know, which you're trying. Oh, should I go? Should I not? And then you're like, no, no, Toastmasters. Trust me, is, is I, I mean, one of the beautiful things about Toastmasters is you have this mentor-mentee relationship, right. right? Where people sign up. Like one of the people I was mentoring uh, was a senior vice president in an organization, right? Wow. Who just moved into that VP role, and I did ask him why are you signing up now, and he did mm-hmm. say, you know, now my role is more public facing. i have to talk to management now that i'm in a serious vp role which i wasn't i was in a very technical role all my life and i had a team to manage and it was fine right. <laughs> now it's suddenly anxious to do and people open up about that one right and uh, toastmaster is just like gym people sign up for all the kinds of uh, <laughs> and then they never turn up they put that i'm member of toastmaster it's a lot of effort it is it's kind of a mental gym you have to come yeah <laughs> and yeah i can i can imagine you know uh, back in school i i had to prepare for one speech when i was in 12th standard it took me 4 months to do that uh, you know and that was a lot of work so i can imagine if you're doing this now and that too out of passion at that time it was more of an you know, pressure you know which you have from school no that that surely added uh, a lot of uh, beautiful things to my career right? Uh, right one of the things in sales ops is it's a very cross functional role correct you talk to very different teams uh, in a very different way right and a lot of patience is required and sometimes uh, it's also a lot of people management that goes untalked about sales mm-hmm. operations is so much about people management also you get you have to at the end of the day get work done also from cross function <laughs> you know i need one metrics but i have dependency on three different functions to get that metric done right and the beauty of toastmasters is there are different uh, subjects they give you like for example there was one specific speech i had to give to get my certification which i really really was very bad at mm-hmm. make people laugh it's super hard i wow, realize that yeah. making people laugh is super hard huge respect for stand up comedians out there it's a skill in itself true true yeah i mean i uh, i'm not sure if you know so the person who started with me uh, salespin he's a stand up comedian um, <laughs> nice so yeah i can i can i i actually know a lot about when you're saying you know making people laugh is like the hardest thing if you have watched for example this series i'm a big fan of it it's it's, it's called the whose line is it anyway i haven't it's like it's like where where these big stars are given something impromptu and they have to make stuff up like immediately like like 10 second 30 seconds mm-hmm. you know all they get and they have to start thinking on their feet about the new topic which they've never talked about so with stand up comedy sometimes you know they have rehearsed this a million times in this case they're doing this impromptu so yeah so the most recent i saw there was one specific uh, stand up comedian who moved into fintech and i can see for all the good reasons people make moves into stars with that skill again <laughs> wow okay uh, we'll probably have to talk about that <laughs> we will <laughs> sure. all right rajesh uh, thank you so much again for coming in uh, i think i invited you as we discussed earlier for multiple reasons there's a lot of sdr audience out there in india and uh, there are other aspects i want to talk about which is where on one side we're talking about saas industry in india reaching 75 billion in 3 years and 1 trillion in the next 7 or 8 years however we as from based on my research and i could be totally wrong and that's where you tell me you said you know you have been into this role for 5 years i don't know more than 5 people not even 5 people i'll be very honest mm-hmm. who are doing the exact role what you're doing and when i look at the west i see revops have become like a big thing everybody's talking about revops i don't hear the term in fact sales ops anymore i think uh, sales ops has probably grown into revops as i'm imagining so consider me as a novice i don't know anything about it 
what I want to talk about today is a lot of my SDRs, a lot of other people who are watching this show might want to look at, okay, Michael, you know, this is also a career path. This is also uh, an interesting career path. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's exactly what we're going to dive deep dive into today. So I think for basic, let's start with what is sales ops, what is rev ops, how are the different? So here's the thing, right? Uh, the easiest explanation that I've always told people at one point when I was giving a presentation, Game of Thrones was a big deal, right? And I told them in the very simplest terms, uh, you have an iron throne, which is your sales goal. You have Daenerys Targaryen, right? Uh, who's your sales rep? How does sales rep meet the quota? You need someone who does that. Who do you think becomes your sales ops? Who strategizes this? Can you think so, of who, who does that? Are you a Game of Thrones fan? I am so sorry. I was about to tell you, I, I have not watched Game of Thrones at all. Yeah, let, let's make the context even more simpler, right? Uh, sales ops comes into play and every place I have worked at, mm-hmm. right? Specifically the last five years in all these startups, right? Uh, typically, companies start, salespeople start meeting their quotas, all of that. The moment one of your sales rep comes to you and says, you know what, I have a hunch, I'll close this this quarter. You know very specifically, hunch is not scalable, right? How can I be very definite about this? The problem, the answer to that problem again is bring sales ops, right? At the same time, uh, there is a lot of data chaos out there. Mm-hmm. Specifically now, we are flush with fundings, right? We have like what, 30, right. 33 unicorns, unicorns minted this year alone. We are not right. even completed with the year, which means there is a lot of funding out there, a lot of hiring happening, a lot of, and every new rep you bring on board, sales rep, any GTM function, right? Right. Practically a variable in the system who's going to add more chaos to the system in the sense that they are either bringing more data uh, more notes, more insights. But if you don't structure all of this, it's all it's all a wasted effort, right? I mean, you want someone who comes, channelizes all their efforts into meaningful uh, data to say, you know what, this is working, this is not. Mm-hmm. Again, sales ops. To answer again question, what is sales ops versus rev ops, which you uh, most probably hear now more often than not. Mm-hmm. Typically, any function, right? Uh, in operational function, like a sales ops. Sales ops is the most known function given it usually also always starts with a GTM function, right? You have too many salespeople, SDR, BDR, there's a handshake issue, there's a data issue. You bring a one person to manage all of that and call them sales ops. Eventually sales ops evolves into revenue operations. Now revenue mm-hmm. operations is kind of the mothership, right? Organizations that grow typically start with most probably sales operations. I've seen organizations mm-hmm. that have customer success operations, right? And uh, currently one of the very sexy roles that that's being called out there is product operations, right? Oh. So there is a specific product operations coming out there, which closely versus with works with the product, right? Now all these uh, eventually again there is partner operations. Again, I've I've worked in sales ops and partner ops, right? So all these functions together becomes the rev ops, right? They eventually uh, put together. These are all pieces of the puzzle put together becomes rev ops. And rev ops's agenda is very simple. It always revolves around the dollar. The customer for sales ops is salespeople. The customer for partner operations is partner managers or CS operations customer success managers and likewise for product operations, it's the product managers, right? But eventually all these operational functions have to be tied together from the company's revenue point of view, right? Which is where the mothership revenue operations comes. And a lot of organizations now that you see out there, you keep hearing about RevOps, have started to devise, build this function from the mothership itself, rather than bring sales ops, let it evolve, then build a partner ops, let it evolve. Why don't you just start with RevOps as a whole? and then fill these pieces of puzzle together, right? So that's why you keep hearing about RevOps. A lot of organizations are starting this uh, in a reverse engineering fashion, build the Makes entire company from day one. Makes sense. I, I have like ton of question after what you t- just said. So I have worked at Chargebee, so where I've seen the sales operation, I'll be very honest, I've not seen revenue operations in, you know, in working. From what I understand about sales operation, when I was like, let's say work back, working back there, 
is they're responsible for making sure all the tools, all the processes, everything is working in sync. So that sales leader have everything what they need in order to, you know, drive their whole revenue. Right? It could be the processes, it could be the data. And uh, I mean, I, I've looked at your profile. I know a couple of other sales ops. I mean, sales ops people not in India, but I understand from them what exactly is the function, right? What you're saying is now revenue operation is something which people grow into. And most of the new organizations are now starting these, this function like from the scratch instead of hiding people from sales ops and letting them grow. Really, if you see a function like sales ops, right, practically is doing part of RevOps from day one. Correct. Right. Now, yeah. uh, bringing, calling it RevOps from day one uh, sets them for the same expectation. You know what? Anything related to revenue doesn't matter which function it revolves around. It's your uh, responsibility. You task them with that responsibility, give them that leave and responsibility to go top cross-functional, but mm. get the metric right. For example, even a, a simple metric as simple as a, what's your MQL to SQL currently revolves, you know, you talk to marketing, yes. there's marketing operations there, but then that MQL to SQL, which also means SQL is again a sales metric. You talk to sales operations, but had you had all these metrics defined under RevOps, it becomes RevOps's responsibility. And then it coordinates to get that metric right. And everybody agrees to that metric. Right. So, um, again, I'm probably trying to go very granular and trying to understand so that, you know, I can explain it to somebody if somebody were to, you know, ask me. Uh, and from what I'm getting this, revenue operation is like far way evolved, you know, yes. because sales operations, I understand, you know, would touch, you know, would touch upon other, other departments like marketing uh, and maybe pre-sales and maybe customer success to a certain extent because of the handoff which happens and to make sure, you know, all the systems are in sync, working sure uh, everything is uh, like in, in process. Revenue operations are like much more involved where I'm guessing uh, and from what I've read, you know, this reports to CRO, sometimes, you know, even CEO. So I'm guessing, like you said, the name Rev, right? Revenue uh, is in it, right? So there's like a lot more responsibilities what I'm getting. Yes, that's right. A lot of startups, right? Uh, I've, in fact, uh, spoken to a few startups which have raised funds, but want mm -hmm. to hire RevOps from day one. And these some of these organizations are as small as 20 people and some of these are like 15 to 20 people right at least i recently spoke to but here's a catch right while they start with the definition of bringing someone as revops practically this person will start as a sales officer right Correct. if you haven't defined your sales journey if you haven't right. defined your prospects journey right until you have set the fundamentals right right uh you can't this this bedrock of getting all processes correct of agreeing to all the definitions correct getting your journey correct until you have set that fundamentals up, there is nothing for RevOps to really do. So practically, even though uh, RevOps is the role given out there, you start with sales operations. Really. You get all these functions, these processes uh, defined, agreed to, and then build on to that one. No, that is interesting because in fact, that was going to be my next question. Like when should companies, at what stage should they start building the revenue operations? Uh, you know, but you already answered that. Now, uh, my next question would be, um, you know, a lot of SDRs, I'll tell you the challenge, okay? In today's world, especially in India, okay? Uh, there's a clear demand and supply problem. It's the same problem everywhere else, but I think in India, I think it's even more because we have not probably uh, paid attention to that part. Hey, if someone does not want to become an AE, what do, what do they do then, right? Some people are now getting into customer success. Some marketing is another channel, but I don't think so. I don't know personally a lot of people who have moved from sales to marketing, especially in India. Mm -hmm. So I think this presents and this I think and I could be totally wrong I mean you could probably throw more light I think this could probably solve a lot of problem a lot of people I know who hate calling who do not want to you know deal with prospects on a daily basis 
probably I know that RevOps would have their own quota in their own way. They might, uh, you know, they might not do, uh, some of the SDR do not like the quota, you know, that pressure. Yeah. Uh, and getting into the RevOps as a career, you know, might be the solution to a lot of other problems we're talking about. Right. And at the same time, you also understand that there are not many people even in revenue operation in India. So that could actually solve the problem even for you, maybe as in when you grow and you grow your team. Right. Yeah. So can you talk about, let's say, if you were to hire uh, somebody today in your team, let's say, who were to start with, let's say, with the responsibility of sales ops, what would you look for? So here's the thing, right? You you rightly said some people will move cross functions. They might not like quota, the pressure that comes with it and all of that. Uh, maybe you don't like calling, but here's the thing about uh, any operational job. Right. Uh, in a job like sales and others, there is a bit of uncertainty, but you have very clear goal. Say, you know what, this is my quota. This is where I have to hit, right? Mm. And operations makes it easier for you to telling you, you know what, here's your 4 million in pipeline for you to hit your 1 million in quota, right? Correct. Pipeline coverage is given. All of that is defined and answer for you. But uh, in a lot of early stage startups, right? When you really start off, there is a lot of uncertainty. If sure. you can deal with that uncertainty, it's fine. There's a lot of data chaos around. Nobody knows what to get at, uh, what process to work. So if uncertainty is your thing, right? Operations is for you. If talking to cross-functional department is your thing, it's it's you'll like this job, right? Hmm. Uh, it requires a lot of grunt work. One of the things that uh, that I keep telling, right? I mean, strategy is a very sexy word. Everyone keeps throwing around strategy as a uh, as a word, and and specifically in meetings, if somebody's throwing strategy as a word, often, uh, very honestly, it's kind of a bullshit word. Makes no sense at all, right? <laughs> what goes unappreciated in operations is the grunt work, right? Go any place you start, there would be a ton of Excel sheets thrown at you saying, Here, here's how we capture the data. Now your headache to get this all streamlined. So you're going to practically spend at least a quarter or two working on those Excel sheets, getting all the data correct. Maybe there are days when you are you can't pass through the data because it's, it's so unintelligible. Mm -hmm. So practically maybe do manual work of seeping through some 500 records to figure something, right? There's a lot of grunt work involved uh, until things stabilize, right? If, if you like that, if you want to get your hands dirty before it becomes a sexy job, right? Uh, it becomes a sales strategy job, you will like this, but you have to appreciate that there is going to be a lot of grunt work and the domain knowledge in itself, right? For someone hopping into this function, if you come from sales, it's a good place to be given uh, practically right. the medium function is my customer. You, you, you have seen the problems firsthand. Now you're hopping, taking a step back to solve for your own tribe that you were part of, right? right. You will like it, right? Uh, of course, the quota, there is no upper quota and all that eases you out, but there are a lot of projects that go around, right? Fixing even simple, as simple as uh, what happens once a SDR has created a qualified lead, mm -hmm. convert it into off, you have to solve for the handshake problem, right? Even when a deal is closed one, there is a handshake from sales to customer success. There is a handshake from sales to finance, right? There are a lot of loose ends. So integration is sales operations problem. Administration is sales operations problem. Data analysis is sales operations problem. Processes is sales operations problem, right? So the beauty of this function is there is no upper limit. Nobody hands you a JD and says, here's what your job starts and ends, right? Practically, they give you bullet points of what they need. Practically, they would tell you, you know what? I don't know what my win rate is. I don't know what my pipeline coverage is. I don't know uh, what should be the number of deals for me to hit my quota, right? Now you, you solve for it, you build for it, right? So if you think you can deal with this uncertainty, you're going to love this function. No, that is a good point. I'm glad uh, you brought this up and a lot more than I was expecting. Because um, while people might be uh, looking into getting into a role where, oh my God, you know, I don't have to talk to customers every day and I don't have a quota. But at the same time, you're also bringing uh, another important point, which is there's a lot of uncertainty. 
There's no JD. There are not many people around here whom you can talk to. Uh, I'll tell you a fun fact, right? Uh, yeah. Recently, I was contacted by one of the other startup founders, right? And right. he's spoken to 19 different people for a sales ops role, Correct. right? And then he told me something is off. Maybe I'm not looking at the right JD. And clearly, of course, uh, <laughs> their understanding of sales ops was not clear. They were still uh, defining that. And then now, uh, he's asking me to be part of that interview process to hire a sales ops person for them, <laughs> right? Because I, I look through the questions and of course I do see there are uh, a major problem of sales operations is this also, right? You have to know the articulation, right? Business teams will come to you and talk all the business language. Now, how do you go define that on a CRM? I mean, if, if a CEO comes to you and tells you, hey, I, I just need to know the win rate against our biggest competitor, right? Now that's a business problem. Now, how do you right. articulate that, right? Maybe marketing comes to you and tells you, hey, you know what? We gave a thousand leads, right? What is the conversion? Uh, to sales acceptance and from there, what is the conversion to one and why are we losing so many deals that are coming in one? Maybe people are filling so many demos, right? They're giving us so many demo requests, but uh, are, are they working or not? They give you very high level statements to reverse engineer that into processes, to reverse the engineer that into, it will require you to build a few formula on the CRM, right? It will require you to go do some grunt work, find why we're we losing so many deals, then go back to the business and tell them, you know, here are top five reasons that we think we are losing deals to. And this right. is what you become compulsory for sales reps and all clothes. That uh, business articulation to really translate what business is asking of you into very granular terms is, is, a, is one of the very important skills in this role. If you can't articulate what business is telling you, and if you go back and tell business, hey, you know what, the CRM does not support validation. They don't really worry about that. They don't even understand what you're saying. Right. All they care about is, can you articulate this in business terms where you go back and tell them, hey, you know what, this is an inhibition on our CRM. These are two fields that the sales reps will have to compulsorily fill us Phil, yeah. every time they reach this stage. They understand that. True. Rajesh, what I'm understanding is, um, see, when, when, when it comes to hiring SDRs, I can, I can work with people who have practically new, no experience, young, straight out of the college. From what I'm understanding, this, this requires like a little more maturity. And like you said, either someone who has done sales, maybe SDR, AE, whatever role, if they have been into the system for some time, they understand how the whole GTM works, you know, they have work on the ground level, then it when it makes sense for them to, you know, take a step back, like you said, and actually step into this role versus somebody who has never done this and say, hey, I want to do this. Is that yeah. correct? Yes. Somebody coming from a scratch, no experience, uh, will not fit into this role. They either should have a domain knowledge. They should have been a generalist at a small startup. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, having their hands ready. Like, for example, one of the startups I know, they hired a chief of staff at a larger MNC who worked very closely with the CEO's office because this person was practically a generalist. He was running pillar to post to get the data, right? Mm -hmm. He still was a good fit for them because he knew how the metrics are moving around. What is the sales talking? What is the customer success talking? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, this person was bombarded with business questions from the CEO's office saying, you know, give me this data, give me that data. And it was this person's job to go pillar to post, get that data, articulate, put it in a dashboard and give present it to the management. So this person still fit that role because he or she was practically going through this data, running around, getting the data, structuring it, had the sense of how to structure this data now that it is. Let's say uh, I, I'm an SDR on AE, it doesn't matter, right? I'm in sales or I'm in the system for some time and I decide, hey, I, this is the role I want to pursue maybe one or two years down the line. What can I do starting today to prepare myself for this role, the one you are in? Uh, the easiest hack to do this is 
what are your daily administrative juggling right what are you juggling with administrative problems and go talk mm-hmm. to any sales rep they wouldn't give them two more fields to fill nobody will come <laughs> hug you and tell i love you for this what is going to do that for you practically uh, your own challenges if you could bucket those you know here are the four things that i'm being asked to fill right maybe a good example is that so long as you have that inquisitiveness right uh, what can be automated what can be cut down if i am asking you to fill number of employees tell me what is the number of employees on this account but at the same time i'm also asking you to fill what is the country but again then i'm asking you tell me also the region i'm also telling you can you also categorize this it is an enterprise and i'll tell you you know anything above 5000 people is enterprise you tell me you know what i gave you employees you could automate uh, the category exactly. i gave you the country you could automate region if you had that kind of inquisitive right you, you broke your own problems into what can be already solved right out of the box and where are the process gaps like for example if you are a sales rep and uh, you have been given a demo by the sdr you hop on the demo and nothing happens the person does not turn up right and practically today you slack this is just saying hey you know this person did not turn up can you please please schedule the demo for me right you know that is a problem because uh, it's not maybe then you walk into your meeting with your manager the next day right and your manager asks you know here are 10 deals can you tell me what's happening and you tell you know five of these deals are no shoes nobody turned up right practically you should not be even answering for those five it's a wastage of your time your manager's time the meeting's time right correct um, if you thought of this right hey you know why can't there be a process right if the person does not turn up it's not my responsibility shouldn't even show up on my dashboard right sure. so long as i do the first demo it's really the sdr's job but at the same time if you did the demo but did not move into the pipeline you're leaving the sdr team in a limbo the sdr does not know if the demo happened or not right practically all of this inquisitive if you are a little inquisitive you know what can be automated what are the processes right i think you you actually have a good head start to get into a function like this right i keep telling anyone in sales or operations right is a lot of uh, a behavioral psychology that you have to understand hmm. like for example uh, what goes unappreciated in this function is right if you are you're an sdr right? you have been an sdr you lead a team now and your team is used to one kind of a layout they know here is the country field here is the employee <laughs> here is uh, the date of demo and you have been doing this for a year and one fine day i come as a new sales ops rep the companies had me or all baga uh, about that and i move the fields i change the layout i change fields around and the very next day you'll see your team will struggle because there is so much muscle memory built that here is the country field here is the date of demo even small nuances like this right it can hamper productivity and nobody measures that what is the cost of moving one field from top to bottom nobody is going to practically come ask the sales ops guy you know you just you just beat our productivity we are so used to that right nobody is going to question you but as a sales ops guy you also have to be mindful of these very small nuances also right it practically hampers your team's productivity no 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 totally makes sense i'll tell you example so in one of the roles uh, one of my inbound sdr would block one hour every single day just to update salesforce mm-hmm. just to update salesforce it was on his calendar and i would ask him hey why why I mean why do you take one hour he said there are 25 fields he has to fill for every single lead mm-hmm. which if you ask me could have been automated and we did it eventually right eventually it was automated using clearbit and other tools and uh, for example all the all the exact fields fields you're talking about right now number of employees you know uh, companies linkedin companies twitter all this information right mm-hmm. all of this could be automated and we did it so that is when i understood what if you know uh, you know i could have you know what if there was somebody who could have actually realized this from the day one and rep not going through that one hour of hassle one hour of torture every single day just to just to you know uh, just just to help everybody else yeah if you think about it right in fact a lot of sales ops also 
imbibes sales enablement when it starts, which means also training the team, right? You're also a trainer, you're also administering. Like a good example is this, right? In one of my previous startups, I had one of the reps, right? Who practically update everything on a Friday. Of course, that's not my best place. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want, but this is what you do. And in every place I work for the first two weeks, I practically don't do anything, right? I really spend time with uh, individual reps. Uh, of course, now it's become a little hard in a pandemic world. In a non-pandemic world, you go just sit by them and say, you know what, I'm just going to uh, sit by you. I want to see how things work, right? And you practically click edit, open the entire op and Salesforce Lightning, you know, there's a reason why Salesforce is called Snailsforce. The lightning is so slow, right? And that page will entirely upload. You change the stage, hit save, go to the next. Practically, it would, it would take them at least 45 minutes to get his all option. And I told him, you know what? There's something called list view on Salesforce, right? You create it. In one go, you could change 10 ops to one stage, another five to other stage, update your next steps, be done. It should take you like five to 10 minutes. And I let it the hard way myself, so I know yeah. what you're talking about. I, 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 so this is his answer, right? I did ask him, why did you not do that? He said, I did not know that. Why did you not ask for it then? He said, I did not know it was a problem in the first place. So he, was, he, he presumed that is also one of the jobs, again, of sales jobs is, you know what? You have to cut down all this. You have to train teams to this. And eventually, once you're super mature, organization you spin off uh, enablement functions separately whose job revolves around training and more things evokes all of that so yeah now this is super helpful rajesh i think um, i'm sure anybody who's watching it trying to get into revops i think they'll get all the material they need mm -hmm. uh, the last thing i have for you is the last thing i want to ask you is what are the pros and cons of this role so let's say i've decided although you have given a lot of good intel uh, but I'm pretty sure there must be something which it's like, uh, for example, when you're making a big decision, you want to make sure there's a pros and cons. Yeah. Can you, I think you already talked about all the pros. Can you talk about some of the cons? Uh, you, it might feel like a shadow function. Like, for example, when a deal is won, right? Hmm. And an alert goes out to the entire organization. Hey, you know what? Hey, Rahul, congrats for winning this deal, $50,000 deal or a million dollar deal. And then you would credit the solution engineer. The credit goes to also the SPR or the media who worked. Credit also goes to the legal team who help the contacting, but you will never find a deal where they would say, thanks to sales ops for uh, automating half of it, <laughs> right? And you have to be fine with that, right? Yeah. Uh, it's one of those functions like uh, uh, you take it out of the, uh, you, you bring a sales ops person for a year, take them off for two months. Uh, you feel the pain when they're not. Uh, you don't realize they are there when they're there, right? So you have to make peace with the fact that uh, there is no exclusive credit given to you and it's fine while the other functions are called out, right? If you're expecting that your name would be called out, like for example, we had one of the deals in one of the previous startups where our deal was lost for some reason. And of course, the way the structure was, uh, the system would ask, the way I designed that, why did you lose? He would say free product gap, which product gap? And he would say product x right and the reason and the moment you hit save and automated alert to go to the product team saying you know hey here's a deal and the specific product manager saying you know here's one of the deals that you manage the product feature uh, practically that guy came back asking the question because an email alert is fired saying can you explain the rep he asked the rep can you explain a few things and within six hours the deal is back in the pipeline right, right. now in the absence of this automation in the absence of sales ops right uh, my sales rep and the product manager would have talked three weeks later in the sales and product meeting by which time the deal is gone because it's already too cold. Mm -hmm. Plus, by that time, in an hour-long meeting between sales and product, this deal might not have gotten uh, the necessary attention. But because there was an automation that ensured that uh, the right person was accountable, uh, was identified, and uh, that person got this deal and they conversed and back in the pipeline. But when the same deal was marked close one, nobody tells that, hey, you know what, there was an automation. 
which in fact <laughs> I had marked this as lost, but we brought it back into pipeline because this automation fired, right? Now, of course, that's a sales ops effort that went in there. So uh, the cons, it's not really con, you make peace with every function has its pros and cons. In sales ops, there is a lot of, uh, um, you will not get the enough credit for whatever you build, right? Make peace with that. Second, uh, there's a lot of grunt work. I keep telling everybody who talks to me about sales ops, there is a lot of grunt work. If you think it's all very sexy that you build dashboards, all of that, <laughs> dashboard is an outcome of a lot of grunt work, right? Before that right. dashboard happened, uh, you have seeped through, you have worked on a lot of Google Sheets, Excel, did a lot of manual work, talked to 10 different people, talked to the head of product, a lot of people to get that real uh, uh, job done. You spoke to so many people to get that uh, data information. So there is a lot of grunt work you have to appreciate. Plus there are no clear uh, identifiers if you're moving towards a goal sometimes. Right. You you practically don't know, like, in a sales job, you have, you know, if you're an SDR, you know, I have to qualify 20 ops. Exactly. There is a very clear goalpost to go inch towards. But in sales operations for the first couple of quarters, there might not be very clear indicators, right? You also have to define, sometimes the management tells you these are our priorities. Sometimes you have to tell the management, why can't this be an important priority? This should be our first. Like, for example, uh, if you haven't gotten the enrichment piece in place, right? If you haven't identified uh, lead routing as an automation, right? If your business statement is, you know what, my SDR should talk to the uh, prospect as soon as they fill a demo, you know, it's an enrichment problem. You know, it's also a routing problem. Then you have to be intelligent enough to go back and suggest, you know what, these should be our priorities before we get there. So these are the cons. Not no, no, I think that's that's totally fair okay. because I think, uh, uh, especially somebody somebody who's in sales trying to move into this, they are already used to getting a lot of attention, mm -hmm. uh, getting a lot of those accolades, and which you're saying are probably going to go away. Uh, I'm not saying, uh, and you're also not saying that you know it's not that you you'll never get the appreciation which you truly result, but just don't get used to it. Don't expect this. Yeah. Right. Cool. That's right. All right. That that is that is really helpful. Thank you so much again, Rajesh. Do you people associate you with Big Bang Theory, by the way? What is that? His name is Rajesh, right? Rajesh Kutrapali? Well, yes. Yeah, okay. We'll probably put, put a picture of him when we are actually <laughs> going live with this. So this is health, super uh, helpful. Really obvious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, time for the rapid fire. I just have like four simple unexpected questions. Nothing, nothing too personal, nothing too uh, scary. Sales engagement automation systems are critical for any sales organization to achieve that excellence. But at the same time, it is a complex, tedious and expensive process for any sales organization to implement it. Sometimes it can end in a failure too and you have to start all over again. To fix this problem, Playbook.ai, our current sponsor, has introduced a program for SaaS and enterprise technology startups called the Sales Excellence Program. It is the most effective, fastest, and risk-free way to deploy a sales engagement automation system in your organization to drive that growth and drive revenue excellence. None of the top sales uh, engagement platforms give you a free trial, at least most of them. But in the sales excellence program, Playbook.ai customer success team not only gives you the free and unlimited access to all the features for six weeks, they also do the heavy lifting of implementing a sales engagement system and provide you with advice on what, what best practices you should follow when creating your sales playbook. To join the sales excellence program, all you have to do is visit playbook.ai backslash SEP, sales engagement platform, SEP, and type R followed by my last name, W-A-D-H-W-A, when the request invitation form asks you for the name of the accelerator. All right. What, what do you think we should bring next to Salespin? 
Uh, you should bring a behavioral psychologist. Interesting. I, I have been thinking about that. I actually have been thinking about an author, but that author is like super big. I'm not sure if I can bring it, but let, let me try my outreach. <laughs> All right. Uh, one sales leader you admire in India and one in the world. Uh, tough question. Prak has done an amazing job at Watfix. Sure. Sure. Did, right. And uh, globally, again, uh, it's hard to pinpoint. Like, uh, see, Prak has done an amazing job at Watfix. Deepak's right. done a phenomenal job at Hobilo here. Right. right. And uh, then globally, I had one of my previous bosses called Shankar Shankar Adam, who's the current COO at Sobex, uh, was the head of growth at Plevo. Right. Uh, one of those people, you know, here's the beautiful uh, thing about leadership. Right. Uh, we had one of the cases, one of the occasions where uh, uh, an employee's kids had come to office unannounced. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, my boss makes sure that the entire team takes out at least 30 minutes, takes them all down. This is in a non-pandemic world. Uh, we go to an ice cream parlor. And at that point, he makes sure he's uh, the dad, the my colleague whose kids had come. He feels super important. He's he, the kids see that he's an important person in the organization, right? And I do observe that, and I, then I raise it's so important as a leader to ensure that uh, your kids, whenever your family is around, right, you feel super important. That's how you you value uh, people. And at the end of the day, all jobs fall back to people management, the common sure. denominator. If you're not very good with people, you will you won't scale anywhere. So I I totally admire him for that. No, no, that is very beautiful. And I know uh, I put you in a tough spot when I ask you mm -hmm. to name one leader. So I, I totally get that. There are too That's many amazing people, yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much again, Rajesh, for coming to the show. Truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, bringing RevOps into the front. The discussion is much needed. And I'm glad exactly. some of the people, uh, some of your audience will take the plunge into RevOps. Much needed function. Uh, dearth of people, good people in the function. So I yeah, I mean, if somebody's thinking long term, I think they should. It's high time they should start thinking about this right now, because when the boom happens and when you don't have people, then the only thing which will happen is, you know, people who are incapable will get into this role, or it will get outsourced in some way. I don't know. Either way, it's a loss. Yeah. So, uh, so surprisingly, I gave uh, last month, right, a month, month and a half ago, I gave a, a class on sales ops at Stoa HQ, right. And surprisingly, a lot of people were intrigued by the role and a lot of people did not know about the role, which right. is why it is important. And post session, a lot of people were intrigued by the role. They, re they would reach out to me on LinkedIn, asking with a few questions, right? So yeah, I can clearly see uh, educating this one is super important for people to even realize there is a function like this that they can hop into. No, totally. I think I'll also put a link to your LinkedIn profile and all the other, you have a website called too, right? A sales ops guy. Yes. Salesopsguy.com, right? Sure. So, and I think you're active in Twitter and most of the social media. So I'm sure people can follow you, ping you, you know, do your do their own outreach if they want to spend time with you sometime. Absolutely, cool. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much, Rahul. Thank you so much, Rajesh. You've been listening to the Sales Spin Podcast, the only sales podcast from India that focuses on helping people get into sales and help the ones who are already in sales reach to the next level. Come.